me and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome back. We're back here for the Sports Mix as we had a week off last week of the show, but not a week off as we were down at the Berkeley County Youth Fair helping out with our live stream uh, and getting everything going there and some additional programming. We're back on the Sports Mix today. Happy to be back after a week hiatus. Show brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin as we uh, get you kind of, I guess, we're now three weeks away. I guess from high school football here in the Mountain State from games beginning. But uh, practice, that all started about a week ago, and Musselman was the first team to get back on the field for practice as they do their their annual Midnight Madness. Uh, It was held after midnight on Sunday into Monday. Uh, but we'll be going around this week and next week to all the training camps. We'll have a little, maybe probably a little bit of audio the days after on the show. Uh, but I, I believe we talked about this. We are doing a uh, special that will air on TV 10 and on our YouTube. It's the training camp season preview special for each team. And uh, they're going to all start airing the week of the first game. So there'll be two each night, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th as we get you set for high school football or in the Mountain State. But this week we'll be going tomorrow to Musselman. Thursday, we'll be going to Washington, and Friday, we'll be at Martinsburg. Next week on Monday, we'll be at Jefferson Hedgesville on Tuesday and Spring Mills on Wednesday. So it's going to be a great week or a great two weeks of us being able to, uh, you know, look at these, be able to get out to these high school practices and see what they're, they've got going for this next season. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting season coming up. Uh, in the Eastern Panhandle, Martinsburg returns as the defending state champions. But I think there's some teams that are uh, really going to be competitive this year as they try to fight for the playoffs. You know, Jefferson had a great year last year as the other team that made the playoffs from the Eastern Panhandle, but they lose a lot. So there's some question marks there about their team. I think Musselman's coming off of a disappointing season with a lot of injuries, and I think uh, you got to be excited about that team. Washington's built some momentum the past couple of years. Can they kind of rise to the top? Same with Hedgesville. Uh, so, you know, a lot of stuff to be – Spring Mills is a young team, too, with a young uh, coach and Josh Sims that I think could get over the hump. So I think I included everybody there, and uh, there's a lot to be excited about all those teams. So uh, while Martinsburg is definitely still the top dog, if you – if you will. If you will, yeah. Uh, there's some other teams that are starting to emerge, and I think uh, we'll definitely – have a chance of making the playoffs this year so a lot to be excited about yeah i think it's uh fitting that the first team that we get to go see here in these uh two weeks to film is musselman since they were the uh, first ones out on the field practice wise so i'm looking forward to seeing how b tom has his uh team looking after a uh, week of practice so far and uh Hopefully they got their pads on or ready to go. Uh, Looking forward to that and looking forward to announcing high school football this year for Martinsburg. And the season's three weeks away. So they start against Salem, who I think I saw is uh, 
ranked in Virginia as one of the top ten teams believe top in the five state. Or there. Might be five or six. And, and the Highland one Springs was being Highland right there, Springs, so. who is also on the schedule for Martinsburg. So I'm really looking forward to announcing the Martinsburg games as well as seeing how these EPAC teams do because I feel like all six of them have a pretty good chance at uh, possibly making the postseason. I know it's I, tough, obviously, I since half of your schedule's against EPAC teams, so you're really going to be beating up against three, each other. But record-wise, I think we could see a lot of them at that 5-5 five and five spot, and maybe some of them miss because of that, but the others sneak in. I think you could get three to four teams in from uh, the EPAC coming this year. That's a lot. I mean, last year they only got two teams, so I would think three. At yeah, but, I mean, you got to figure Musselman gets a lot better. Yeah. And you got to figure potentially you see Hedgesville in there. I mean, we had head coach uh, on the show a few weeks, a month or so ago, and he said, you know, the senior said it's playoffs or bust. Yeah. So I mean, they, they want to make three. The playoffs. I think, I think four th- is a lot. I was saying three to four, four being the high end, but I think you can get three. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see this season how Jefferson's season plays out because we saw them great last year with Sling and Sammy Roberts at the helm as the quarterback, but he's no longer there. He's, you know, down the road at Shepard going to redshirt this season behind Tyson Bajant. So, you, so they've got that fight for that spot of who's going to be this QB1 for them. And I think it's going to be intriguing because they have the wide receivers they have the talent there at running back as well but it's going to be how is that air attack going to be similar to last year if it can even be similar to last year and i think they might be believing in themselves more at jefferson uh so from that perspective you know they do have that experience now of making the playoffs but that is a huge hole to replace. And you can't forget Case and Lanza as well, yeah. uh, the tight end that had a really good season for them. He's also at Shepard. So, you know, those are two big pieces, and obviously they lost a few other guys, but they do have some good uh, returning players. So I think the, the core there will step up, and we don't really know what that backup quarterback was like for Jefferson and what he's able to do this year, whoever ends up taking over that role, because I know when we talked to Craig Hunter, it was pretty much an open competition. Yeah. So That was also back in July yeah, things have during their flex changed, days, and they've still. had now a week, full week of practice to see where they are. Uh, as a team, and you know, I think this is going to be a great year of EPAC football. I mean, you got Spring Mills potentially rising up there. Had those young guys last year, and you got Max Anderson back, who who had his freshman year, his first start against Martinsburg, and you know that was something to get thrown into against. And I think you're going to see great seasons from all these EPAC teams. I mean, we're going to go see Washington this week as well. They're sticking with that single wing offense, and you know they had some success in it last year. Once you know, kind of mid season. Uh, got they got to midseason. I think you saw the progression of that offense, and you know they're going to come back better than they were last year. And then you know we talked about Musselman a little bit. I think that the combination there of uh, Hartman and Adamas could be the best current combination of quarterback wide receiver we see this year in the EPAC. And and it's just going to be for Martinsburg. I mean, they've got those wide receivers, but who's going to step up as the number one receiver with Hudson Clement now walking on as a preferred walk-on at WVU? And at Hedgesville, I think they're going to mix some things up this year and you know throw the ball around a little bit more than they had last year with Jackson Ruiz coming back as quarterback. And I think it's just going to be an overall great year of EPAC football. Yeah, I kind of think Musselman might be the team to look out for because you mentioned Hartman coming back. He was obviously injured last year. I believe both of their receivers, though, were still all states. So yeah. both those guys return. Um, 
I think they could be an exciting team. Washington is definitely intriguing uh, because they've been close the past couple of years, so can they make it over the hump this year? And we'll see week one, too. I mean, we got that first game of the season that we don't want to forget about between yeah. Washington and Hedgesville on that uh, Thursday, Thursday night. night, so that will be a lot of fun. And those are two teams that are trying to get kind of to the next level and potentially you know, get into one of those playoff spots. So, like we said, I think it's going to be highly competitive, and I think there's going to be a lot of good teams this year. Even the teams that will miss out on the playoffs, I think will still be tough uh, opponents. And that could be what kind of holds the EPAC back from getting more spots because they're all going to kind of beat up on each other, I think when you get past maybe Martinsburg and maybe Musselman, we'll see. I mean, we don't know about Jefferson either. There's there's a lot of question marks, which is what every football season brings, especially at the high school yeah, level. Yeah, definitely. I think as a fan for each team in the EPAC, they all can be optimistic. I don't think there's a single team out of the six schools that you're not optimistic about this year. And if you are, I don't understand why. I think yeah. everybody is on the upward trend for each school so it should be a fun one and i'm really looking forward to that first game between washington and hedgesville i think it's going to be a competitive one we saw even though it was still a shutout last year in the favor of washington it was closer than the uh, year before which was 49 nothing last year i think it was 20 to nothing well and we saw that hedgesville team last year able to win i believe four games exactly. after not being able to win one the season prior so it's just continued improvement they only scored that- 10 points the season prior. Yeah, and I, didn't they they score 10 points within the first three games, I think, yeah. of last season? Um, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting season of EPAC football, and we'll have all the coaches every week like we did last year right here on the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, and then we'll have every Martinsburg football game for you on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We'll have a select few other games, including that Thursday night opener, uh, October 7th, I believe, Friday. We'll have I want to say it's either Musselman, Je- Musselman Hedgesville or Jefferson Mus- or Jefferson Hedgesville. I believe it's I, Jefferson Hedgesville. I, I that can't, sounds familiar to me. I, either way, we're having we'll have I think those two games as well. Uh, but it'll be a great season of EPAC football. Before we hit the break here, just want to talk about Jefferson Junior League All Stars. We're in the Southeast Regional Friday, getting a nine to two victory over North Carolina, and then Saturday an eight six victory over Georgia, which gave them the bye yesterday. They were in the semis today against a not team not too far away, uh, the Loudon South team, the junior team there out of Loudon South, the South Riding area in Northern Virginia in Loudon County. They fell unfortunately though to Loudon South, twelve to two, ending their run at the Southeast Regional. But a, a great summer for this junior league team that represented the state of West Virginia down in Broadway, Virginia at the uh, Southeast Regional. Yeah, I mean, to make it that far, like we've said before, uh, when talking about these baseball teams that are making it to these regionals uh, from the EPAC is an achievement. Uh, Unfortunately, come up a little bit short, but battled, showed that they uh, can compete and and represented the state in the Eastern Panhandle well. I agree. It's sad to see that they just fell short here this morning, but you're happy that they made it that far, and you want to see more progress in the uh, Mountain State when it comes to baseball. Well, Junior League, they're pretty close to getting to those high school ranks there. Most of them probably going to 
uh, Jefferson High School. So, again, that baseball prestige in Jefferson County looks like it'll continue. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, last week we missed a lot of Shepard news. A lot went down. A lot. We got a lot of press releases from Chip Ransom. We'll break all that all down next after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. The reigning Class AAA state champion Martinsburg Bulldogs are ready to run it back. Snap back placement down. Kick is blocked. It's blocked and it's taken right out of the air. Racing down the near side is Cam Shallis with blockers. He's to the 40, to the Jefferson 30 and 20. He's to the 10 and Shallis is going to return it all the way. The Bulldogs open the 2022 season at home Friday, August 26th against Salem out of Virginia. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. only on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. It's Friday night with Stokes, chilling with some good folks. Welcome back into this Monday, July, or excuse me, August 8th edition of the Sports Mix. First show in August. Still had July on my mind when I'm talking about the Sports Mix. Uh, but Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Heard that song right there. That is Chris Darlington. He was a performing at uh, the Berkeley County Youth Fair last week. And uh, great song. He talks, talks about his West Virginia roots in there. Had to throw it in there uh, today. But speaking of West Virginia roots, we'll talk uh, Shepherd. A lot of Shepard Athletics news coming out last week, Shepard. Naming assistant coaches in men's and women's basketball. The women's, though, we already knew that. We were given the insider information by new head coach Julie Kaufman back in June, I want to say, when we had her on the show. She told us who she was going to hire as an assistant, but I guess uh, Kayla Agentowicz was not graduated yet from Mount St. Mary's with her master's degree. So, uh, she graduates soon. So now it's officially named as the hire. So, uh, congrats to her as we already knew nicknamed Keeks. So when we talk with Kaufman, you'll hear her say, uh, Keeks a lot. And then over the men's hoop side, Justin Amalek announced that John Carlo Pachaco has been named men's assistant coach. He replaces Jason Bordley, who recently accepted the director of basketball ops position at William and Mary. Uh, but we'll first kind of get into women's here. Obviously, when you know you're Coach Kaufman and you want to hire somebody that you know and you think that that uh, she's the best one for the job. I mean, she spent I believe she said six seasons on that squad due to her red shirt and then the medical red shirt and then the COVID year. Um, but uh, hopefully. You know, having somebody that's young that she coached as an assistant at somebody somewhere else can help the the coaches to the player side of things. And, you know, under a new coach, you know, having somebody a little bit younger to help kind of translate things from coaching to the players might actually help there. Yeah, and that was the point that I was going to make is somebody that just finished her collegiate career playing will be hopefully easily be able to relate to uh, the current players there at Shepard. Uh, 
communicate with them, be able to get to their level on uh, simple things, basic-wise, when it comes to playing or being able to coach and also at the same time on the mental side of things be able to relate to any struggles that the players are going through throughout the season and if I remember correctly when we talked with coach Kaufman uh, Keeks is somebody that was a big post presence for the team there at Mount St. Mary so hoping to grow that and uh, make that a key to the offensive success for Shepard. Yeah, we coach, I was going to say, uh, to kind of go off that last point that Colin made, I believe Coach Kaufman says she wants to run more through the post, which is a little bit different than what Shepard uh, women's basketball was known for under Coach Eckleberry and in the past. And really, I mean, I think obviously the expectations aren't super high for this team this year when they've lost everything and they're pretty much a brand new team that was put together kind of on the fly here because of you know, the coaching transition that they didn't expect to have to go through. So, uh, Shepard wins basketball is entering a rebuilding year, but there's gotta be some excitement. I think coach Kaufman, you know, brought a lot of good ideas to the table when we were able to speak with her. So I think, uh, you know, she'll get this program back to where it was, uh, but it might take a, a year or two before the Rams are quite ready to be what they were you know, last year when they were one of the best teams in the country. Looks like we've got some roster news here. Uh, Yeah, I've kind of checked every once in a while, but haven't seen it until now. Uh, The 2022-2023 roster is up, and there are two, four, six, I believe seven people on here, seven uh, ladies on here. Lissa Turner returns, Madison Mertz returns, Jordan Carr returns, Megan Shipley returns, Kara Minor returns, Sydney Bowles returns, and Kendall Harrity, the a junior, she's a transfer from JUCO, uh, believe it is the college, community college Baltimore County Essex, uh, and she averaged 8.5 points per game as a freshman, 8 as a sophomore, and uh, she had 10 threes in a game for the Essex Knights uh, last season, but we've got one transfer in to put seven on the roster, and uh, you know you're, she had ten threes in a game. That's what Just this, a single game. That's what this says. Hit ten three pointers in a game, but she only averaged eight points. I guess I don't know because she only did that once. Call. That's sad. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, eight points but at isn't the same bad. time. Yeah, but. she is from Frederick Mayer, Linda, graduate of Urbana High School. Uh, but Coach Kaufman getting a uh, junior college transfer commit that's already enrolled. That's names on the roster. So Kendall Haggerty will be a name that uh, everybody at Shepherd will have to know because she is the uh, of the other junior on the team. Madison Mertz, one of those as well, along with Kara Miner, the senior. So uh, they're probably going to lean on her kind of heavily this year as somebody that's played college basketball, whether it be at the JUCO level or not, that's, you know, had some significant time in games. Yeah, had some success. So, And I'm sure, obviously, they'll have to fill that roster out still. You know, seven's not enough for oh, yeah, the yeah, team, yeah. but uh, that's that's what we know about them so far. So we'll kind of it is keep an eye on it. Over to the men's side, Pachaco, uh, he comes as an interesting. He's got an interesting background here. Uh, he served as the associate head coach at Central Baptist College for the 2021-2022 season. They were 15 and 15 overall with a 10 and 6 conference record, and he helped develop All-American Kelvin Robinson. 
He previously served as a student manager for George Mason for three seasons. He aided the coaches with practice, managed inventory, oversaw video operations. He also served as head coach for the Nova Cavaliers, an AAU team. He had six players recruited to play collegiate basketball, and he graduated in 2020 with a bachelor's degree from George Mason, and he has an associate's degree from Northern Virginia Community College. But uh, bringing somebody in that uh, had has had success helping athletes gain abilities to go to college and playing in college with helping to develop an All-American at Central Baptist College, uh, maybe this uh, helps the Shepherd men's team, who just seems like they're a few players away from contending constantly by the sounds of it i like the hire because you mentioned george mason a division one school that is a pretty well-known basketball program in the area and uh used to be nationwide back when they made the uh 506 pretty good march madness run there and i think made it to a final four i can't remember what year it was was 506 you might be one of those two years but also with the aau team that's guys that could possibly as you said be looking to go to college and Shepard might be a landing spot for them and we know that northern virginia has a lot of talent in every single sport it seems like so hopefully that could help Shepard as well yeah i think the big thing last year was the injuries for the rams uh when they were healthy they were a pretty good team uh just couldn't keep all those guys you know healthy throughout the entire season uh but it did seem like as the year went on, too, that that team got a lot better for Shepard. So I think heading into this next season, even with a new and a new assistant coach coming in, you know, he can help develop those guys and they can maybe take that next step. Yeah, it looks like they've added a, quite a few freshmen to their rosters. Uh, Stefan Marcel, freshman from uh, D.C., went to Georgetown Prep. Michael Cooper, a uh, freshman from Woodbridge, Virginia. Cameron Dorner, who we've heard a lot from uh, – from rob mario who uh actually coached him he's playing football and basketball at shepherd uh from oakdale high school in Newmarket, maryland colton hartman freshman from st thomas pa he went to st maria garetti and asher rudolph a freshman from hampstead maryland who went to delone catholic in pa uh those that's kind of that's rounded out the Adams roster County. that they've got that's their what their roster is looking. Guys. Yeah, I, it looks like they've got a good, you know, few good guys in. I mean, we we've heard how good Dorner is, but how will he make that transition? And obviously, he's going to miss some time, most likely, the way the Shepherd football team is looking. That's true. Good transition there. Yeah. That's who you're going for. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk Shepherd football now. They're picked as the PSAC East favorites. Headed into the 2022 season after getting to the playoff semifinals last year and having Tyson Bajan be the Harlan Hill Trophy winner. Uh, Nick, it's going to be a great season. The uh, team right under them, though, picked to finish second, is uh, going to be a big rivalry this year after the final game against those two with those two teams last year in Cutstown. And uh, that'll be at Cutstown this year, I believe, right? Yep. Yes. It'll be at Cutstown on September 24th, so circle your calendars for September 24th. You can watch it on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. Going to be a great game at Cutstown. But overall, Shepherd football is going to have looks and is picked uh, as the favorite in the PSAC and looks to have another great season. Yeah, I mean, when you have the best player in the country, it's kind of hard to pick against Shepherd, and, and they do lose you know a lot on that defense from last year. But again, their defense was kind of 
mid-tier. I think when it came to giving up points, they struggled at times. They had the stops when they needed to, and, and they were a, a decent unit. Uh, but they do lose a lot there. Uh, do return, though, a decent amount um, when it comes to pass rusher Kyle Smith. Uh, you know, Pena's back, who's going to have to take a big role in the secondary. And offensive-wise, I mean, like I said, they have Bajan. They have, you know, receivers coming back. They lose some playmakers and Greg Leonard and, uh, you know, some of their other big-name wide receivers that were on the team last year. But Ryan Beach is back. Uh, Josh Pulse should take a bigger role this year. Um, They lose Alex Wetzel, the tight end. But they'll have uh, Brian Walker coming back at tight end. Ronnie Brown's back at running back. Um, They get the transfer and and Hartman coming in and, and playing running back for them as well. So there's a lot... Uh, for Shepard this year coming back. And I think just overall they've done a good job of recruiting to potentially build a better team. But I do look at Kutztown still. I mean, they're back-to-back PSAC East champions, 2019-2021, obviously 2020 out due to COVID. And they have a ton coming back as well. Uh, you know, their quarterback and Donnie Blaine is back. Uh, both their wide receivers are back. Uh, their defense has a ton coming back and they were the best defense in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference last year so you still got to look at Kutztown as probably the next team that Shepard will have to get past and it's going to be one of those two I think to come out of the east uh and the west is very talented as well uh obviously IUP Slippery Rocker always really good programs Cal U's got a good team so there's some excitement uh heading into the season um but like I said I mean Shepard has the best player in the country so that gives them a great advantage in Tyson Bajan what he's able to do on the field and they surround him with some really talented players and uh coach McCook will have that team ready to go so believe they opened up fall camp over the weekend that's so it should be a yeah, good thing probably, we'll be yeah. we'll be out there and they believe it's next Saturday August 20th for media day and there'll be a scri- uh, inner squad scrimmage I believe set for later in the afternoon yeah they had that last year so we'll get a good look at the Rams um you know we'll continue to I guess get a better idea of, of some of the new pieces that they have and where those guys are going to be playing, what kind of role they're going to be play, what what kind of role they will play for this team. And uh, definitely an exciting team to watch. So you want to tune into those games. Also, did we miss uh, Leverin Bellin? Bellin, excuse me. I believe he got hired as defensive line coach. I missed that in there. I thought we had mentioned that at one point. I don't know if he got Already, hired when we were on the show or maybe not. we did. That's what I'm trying to remember. No, we did mention that. I remember because we didn't. We weren't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like one of the last days that we were on the air. The 29th. Yeah, that was the Friday, the last day we were on the air before we took this week hiatus. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much he can help that D line, which uh, will return Kyle. What's his name? Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith. I couldn't think of his name. I was going to call him Kyle West. <laughs> Thinking about Hedgesville baseball alumni there. Uh, but then the OC quarterbacks coach, Tyler Haynes, who was hired after last season, I think it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the offense uh, fares under a new OC. I'm assuming they'll kind of keep everything the same with the way Tyson's ran the offense the last few years. Yeah, Jesse Carell uh, stepping down from the position, so – you replace your offensive coordinator uh it will change some things i'm sure but the offense is still going to be that typical shepherd kind of spread look uh that they've had so much success with i mean there's no real reason to make a big change from the number one offense in the country yeah that's what i was going to say you got the number one player which we've said time and time again in tyson bajant the number one offense in the country 
because of that. So it's really going to be the defense that, as Nick said, is losing a lot that needs to step up. And because you got the number one offense in the country, probably get two to three stops a game and you'll be fine. Yeah. Three and four, it's probably a blowout. And as he said as well, well I think it'll be... it, it's honestly, if you really want to break it down from last season, I know I might get some frustrated fans for this. It's a little surprising that Shepard is put over Cutstown because in the regular season, Cutstown won. And yes, even though Shepard got the best of them in the postseason, it was a last second Hail Mary. Yeah, it took yeah. A and that's the deciding factor. It literally was that. Otherwise, it would be Cutstown that was the one that was going to be victorious. Yeah, and I think it'll well, be the thing is, they did win the game. So I think that's why Shepard is ranked ahead. Uh, and, and I think Cutstown has some concerns. While Blaine did play a lot at quarterback, he wasn't their main quarterback. Uh, he played a lot in that playoff game. I mean, when you look at college football, a lot of the time it does come down to who has the better offense, who has the better quarterback, and you would look at Bajan. But uh, Kutztown's defense is, is tough, and they'll be a tough team. I think those two teams in the East, uh, it's going to be one of them to represent this division. Didn't you say for the West that it's a tie for first? It when is. We were yes. Looking? yes. I'm, I'm surprised that it wasn't that for the East. All right, they both had the same number of first place votes, so I don't know what it yeah. what happened there. Uh, but I think you know, having Dwayne Grantham, the Martinsburg alum who went to Lackawanna Community College, I think from what I'm reading, he he uh, is kind of playing mainly the role of linebacker, and I think having him will uh, really help uh, bolster their linebacker core that lost a lot from last year. Yeah, and. They, they got talent coming back on defense. It's just kind of unproven talent, I think. And leadership could be a question on defense without Chris Lane and Ponce de Leon. I mean, those guys were veterans that, that led both of their position groups. And, uh, you know, Chris Lane was always talked about as, as just a warrior out there on the field. So, you know, losing him is is big. And, and we'll see how their defense kind of responds from that. But like Colin said, there's not a ton of pressure on that defense because they have such an explosive offense. All right, well, we've got to hit the next break. Segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a appliance store any longer. Cabinets and Designer Bedding, Outdoor Living, and his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll get into some NFL news. Training camps are underway across the league as we get closer to the start of the NFL season. We'll talk about that next after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740. And TV 10. Welcome back to this August 8th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. As always, we're back in the saddle here on the Sports Mix after a week off due to the Berkeley County Youth Fair. Do you like the saddle and youth fair? Uh, you like that? You're full of it. I mean, even with uh, on VMix, I know people 
don't understand it, but last week you wanted to make sure that the transitions we were using, or one of the transitions we were using on vMix, was the barn door. Why not? it was the youth fair. Why not? So, I know I'm people didn't know not? that was the name of it, but if they looked at it, they were like, hey, it's opening like a barn door. And All right, we've got a lot Spencer to talk to make about. Sure it was on purpose. We've got a lot to talk about in this segment. NFL uh, training camps are underway across the league. The Commanders, uh Seems like all signs are pointing to uh, their rookie receiver uh, getting all the buzz so far. Yeah, which is happy to see because everybody that's a Commanders fan has been waiting to have a wide receiver number two that will be right behind and maybe almost just as talented as Terry McLaurin. So it's really good to see that uh, John Dotson is getting a lot of the praise, and that's what we heard from uh, my good friend Joe Smelter when we had him on the show the uh guy that uh he just covered the penn state media day so he knows a lot about the uh players there now and players from last year as he just uh joined i think it's nittany sports now is the website i know he might correct me but uh i'm looking forward to seeing how donson does this year and from training camp and everything that's been circling around that so far so good yeah uh i actually have Jahan donson already on my fantasy team because we had our rookie draft in our keeper league so uh, I'm excited about him as well. There you go. But in there terms of what the commanders have, I think they can get third in the NFC East. But we'll see. Maybe second. Well, the commanders had uh, an open pra- – well, they've had open practices, but I don't know. It's kind of been a joke for the most part. Remember we were talking about those the pictures of the crowd yeah, two weeks goes. ago? Uh, they had one at FedEx Field on Saturday night, which was kind of like what they've always done as fan day. You know, they always do those big practices. Uh, Why were like, they doing it a week after all of the NFL, though? I don't know. They just did it that they want to be I different, Colin. They had to announce the fight song the week before that. I I have no clue exactly, but the, apparently there was a good turnout of fans there. Uh, saw a lot of good things. There was one catch that I saw in particular that made its rounds on the Washington area social media Uh Terry McLaurin making a great one-handed catch in the end zone for a touchdown on a pass from Carson Wentz. It'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz uh, shapes out as the season goes on. It kind of appears as he's not having the best training camp, but Ron Rivera said multiple times in media in his press conferences that that he's not not, uh, weary about it, that he thinks he'll get everything ready to go. He's coming into a new system. He's had so many new systems uh in the last few seasons but uh one guy that's has kind of stuck around here after we talked about him retiring officially was ryan kerrigan i guess he's being a coaching intern during training camp see if he wants to get into coaching and i uh, like the sound of that that'd be he pretty was cool a, uh the leading uh sack leader for washington and you got to train the uh young guys hopefully chase young can uh, learn some things from kerrigan and finally become healthy so looking forward to that. Also, I don't want to skip over the comment that uh, Nick made. Like, yeah, I can see Washington getting third this year in the NFC East. Maybe second. We could say the same thing about your Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I mean, honestly. If they're healthy, I, mean, I think they're You think at least Cincinnati, being the defending AFC champs, probably gets first. Cleveland, I know the Watson situation shaky. So we'll see what happens there after that. How well, many games? Cleveland's already falling hey, apart. Here. Kareem Hunt, Pittsburgh. Hey, they always it's, seem to do well. Mitch Before we Trubisky. get into this, Commanders' first preseason game this Saturday at FedEx against the Panthers. Excuse me. 
Uh, let's kind of move now over to the Ravens since we're talking about them. Uh, they kick off the preseason this Thursday. Thursday against the Titans, 7.30 p.m., and then the Steelers, they play this Saturday against the Seahawks at 7 p.m., so first week's... Rivalry game to start off the preseason? Do the Ravens still have that preseason win streak? They do. <laughs> that, they like, lost their running Only Raven fans care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And John uh, Harbaugh. But, All Nick, right. how are things looking there from the Ravens' side of things? What's the what's well, the new buzz? Any, any contract extension for Lamar yet? No. Justin Tucker just got a contract extension a few minutes ago. Oh, there Four we go. Servingly so. How yeah. long? How much? How Four long? years. How much? I don't know. It's a kicker. It can't be that much. I don't know. He is the best kicker like in NFL 20, history. Twenty-five million would be my guess. I don't know. But uh, in terms of the Ravens, I mean, the the big camp story has been who's going to emerge as wide receiver two. I mean, they got rid of Hollywood Brown, so Rashad Bateman slips into the wide receiver one role. But who will oh, be oh, that oh, two? We've got numbers: four year, twenty four million dollar extension that includes. Seventeen point five million so. guaranteed and eleven million signing bonus. He is now the highest paid kicker. I said twenty to twenty five. He is the highest paid kicker in NFL yeah. history. Okay, we can go back and look at the tape. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the guy that's kind of emerged, it appears, is potentially James Prochet, uh, who's a third year receiver out of SMU. Uh, but they got a lot of young receivers there that have kind of been. Uh, fighting for playing time but haven't received it due to some of the veterans that they brought in in years past. So Devin Duvernay is a guy to look out for. Uh, And then tight end Isaiah Likely has had a nice uh, training camp. Obviously Mark Andrews will be the number one tight end, but the Ravens, when they had that successful season, uh, when Lamar won MVP, a big part of that was because of their three tight end system. So maybe they're trying to get back to that style of football. go to the speed option. I mean, it's an option. Why do you need wide receivers? You Supposedly, Lamar. Lamar Jackson is throwing the ball better than he has ever, which is what they say every offseason, so be excited about that. <laughs> but he lost his weapons, so why not just, you know, weapons, let him run? We don't need weapons. Set him free. <laughs> exactly. Set him free. Let him run. The new style is to not have a wide receiver. Chiefs don't have a wide receiver one. The Packers don't have a wide receiver one. What do you need do a wide receiver year. for yeah. when you have a quarterback? It's true. Yeah. It's a new style this year, so we'll see how it works. And I think they'll either... Washington does the opposite. They have wide receiver, but no quarterback. Yeah. And then you see where it gets them. Third in the AFC, NFC East. Prediction there. All right. Uh, we get we get the uh, rumors coming out last night that uh, Kareem Hunt has requested a trade, but the Browns have denied it. Obviously, they're going to lose potentially even more than eight games. Was it eight-game suspension? It was for six. Six-game six suspension for Deshaun Watson and could be longer as the NFL wants it to be should longer. Be. It should be longer. For the record, I believe all of us here agree that it should be longer. Uh, but you don't want to lose your running back either. No, I mean, he's their backup running back. It's true. But they he's still a great there. running back. They need, they need Kareem Hunt, though, because Nick Chubb tends to get hurt and he's a good change of pace back. Um, so... This is kind of like what I was talking about. I mean, Cleveland always has issues, and, and they're potentially not going to have their starting quarterback this season. You know, Kareem Hunt wants out. So if you have a player that wants out, I don't care that the team denied it. Uh, eventually, they're going to have to play. Yeah, yeah they're going to have to move him like, or, right? or just have him on the team and not play. So either way, he's not going to be a part of the Browns potentially this season. Uh, and that's a big part of their offense, especially a team that is lacking at the wide receiver position behind Amari Cooper. So they're kind of low on offensive weapons, and they might not have their starting quarterback for at least six games. We know that's a guarantee, and then potentially more. 
So there's definitely some concerns there in Cleveland. And I think at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns, so you don't have to worry about them. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. Browns are the Browns. There's some teams that just, they're stuck at being bad, and Cleveland is one of them. Like the Commanders? No, because they were at one time good. Cleveland hasn't been good since 1960. All right. Nick's last word, Cleveland hasn't been good since 1960. Or whenever Jim Brown last took the snap. (laughs) That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll wrap things up talk a little baseball some mlb missed the trade deadline kind of our reaction plus what the kind of i guess six seven day or six day reaction is to the trades uh plus orioles just one spot out of the wild card we'll talk about that when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the sports mix You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for August 8th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Ran into Phil last week at the youth fair. Yeah, I remember. Uh, he was he's saying you got demoted. There. Yeah. That's when he uh, learned that I was not going to be the uh, play-by-play for <laughs> high school volleyball this season. That'll so. now be Dylan Bishop, who uh, we'll have volleyball on the show Phil frequently. Volleyball Phil was not happy. Yeah, <laughs> volleyball Phil was not happy, but I talked to him a little bit there. Uh, but uh, he was happy to see us still doing volleyball, though. Uh, let's get into this final segment and uh, a lot to kind of talk about breakdown on our ends because we were obviously didn't have a show last week. So uh, a lot of things happened. MLB trade deadline. Uh, the Nationals got an historic haul for Juan Soto and included Josh Bell in the trade. Uh, left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, who just graduated as a prospect. He's actually uh, rehabbing from an injury right now. Outfielder Robert Hassell III, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder James Wood, right-handed pitcher Jarlin Susana, and also veteran uh, first baseman and designated hitter Luke Voigt. And there was kind of a moving part in that deal, which was Eric Hosmer. Apparently, he refused to remove Washington uh, from his no-trade clause list can't blame him so they later shipped him to the red Sox, uh but luke voigt kind of had an instant <laughs> impact it's not doing much better <laughs> instant in- yeah i know uh, it's an impact for voigt though he had a home run the other day so juan soto he also looked really mad after a ball like completely went by him i saw it on twitter <laughs> voigt yeah somebody threw like i don't know who threw it but it was like one of the infielders threw it like way over his head and he was just like i don't know I but uh <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> it's it's definitely uh, interesting to see that how big that haul was. It was they the gave him the haul. Bryce Harper's jersey number. That's not retired. No, he brought a championship to DC. <laughs> Should be. I, I forever love that quote. Uh, but the big haul for the Nats. Uh, Padres really haven't done much though since they got him in the trade. Yeah, it's because they were playing the Dodgers, weren't they? I think the Dodgers just blew them out like they always do. 
Yeah, I think the Nats got a, a great deal, though. I, I do, too. There's a lot of young talent there. Moves their farm system from 24th to 5th, if you include uh, Gore in there as he's well, technically you got to be happy. Prospect. It's going to take a while, obviously. It's a rebuild process. But this helps but, expedite mm-hmm. that process a little bit because you get one, two, three, four, four prospects and an MLB-ready pitcher who's already pitched this season in the majors. And I'll say this, too. The Nationals pulled the trigger at the right time you go back to when the Orioles started their rebuild they traded Manny Machado at the deadline but he didn't have any service time or he was yeah he was going to be a free agent so they didn't they got a what at the time looked like a decent haul but none of those guys have really worked out except for maybe Dean Kramer might turn into a fifth starter for the A's uh the centerpiece Yonciel Diaz is a Still he in triple up a. He called day. up, he strike out, and, and then he's back down at AAA. So I mean, he has got nothing for Manny Machado. Really well. I mean, he's now batting two fifty six, I believe. So he's oh, moving up, up thirty points. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's got a like pretty much thirteen more or something. Yeah, since he's come up, I mean, that's when the O's have turned it around. Uh, you know, since his return. So and now again, they got up. the number one prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. Yeah. Gunnar Henderson's now number one. So MLB.com typically is the one that people reference the most. So we'll see whenever they update after the draft where Gunner ranks. But either way, I mean, there's some excitement there. And the O's are two games out of the wild card. I know Colin was upset about the trades. I was kind of whatever I wasn't with it. fully upset. I at first was upset about Mancini. Came to understand it, him being a free agent. You can always get him back, possibly, like the guys they got for that. Lopez just surprised me a little bit more. Yeah, because we were talking all week about the Mancini one that it was most likely going to happen, and it was I don't think on anybody's radar that Lopez, the All Star for the Orioles, was going to get traded. But looking back on that, that makes sense as well. And they got two guys in a uh, Tate and Batista that can fill that role as a closer. Yeah, and with Lopez too. I mean, this was a guy that nobody wanted. You know, a few years ago had a six ERA for his career. Orioles turn him into a closer. He has one good season. They get four pitching prospects for him. So, I mean, I think long-term, that's probably a good move for the O's. And, and but it's frustrating for the Mancini lost. one because yeah. he's just been the hottest hitter in baseball since, it seems like. Yeah. But the O's are, are, have only lost one game since they made those trades. So Yeah, and uh, the O's looking up here. Two games out of the wild card. You mentioned it'll be interesting to see how things go down here, down the stretch as we're in the New dog days of the August. Dog days of August here into September, but that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back tomorrow, as always, for Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini. I'm Spencer Dupuis saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.